So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's a live pregame edition of Believe in Steelers. Welcome in. I'm Mark Bergen. Rolling solo, Steelers-Titans Thursday night football. I'm going to let you know everything that you need to know about this game. Now, before we get too far ahead, today's episode of Believe in Steelers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. NFL Week 9 is here. If you want to place a bet on any of the action, BetOnline.ag is the place to do it. Use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can see that on your screen right now to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline where the game starts to me. It's really simple. Captain Cam Hayward is going to be back for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week on Thursday night football. He has not played since the opener against the 49ers. So Cam Hayward due to return from a groin injury and um, he's going to be a welcome addition to the Steelers defense and the leadership he brings um, is going to be huge for Pittsburgh. It's going to be absolutely huge for the Steelers. And it's a defense that's been stuck out on the field. And what I mean by that is this, and this is really one of my keys to the game, is that the Steelers have had one game this year where they've won time of possession. And that was in the Raiders game. And they barely won it, just holding the ball for more than 30 minutes. The Steelers ranked dead last in the NFL in time of possession because their offense can't sustain drives on the field. But Cam Hayward's ability to help stop the running game, I think, is going to be huge. I think he'll be on a bit of a pitch count, meaning I don't expect him to play the full game, especially considering this is his first action since the opener against the 49ers. But at the age of 34, uh, he's still playing at a very, very high level, Cam Hayward. And yeah, he's 34. He had surgery, but he's actually ahead of schedule Steelers run defense is averaging about four and a half yards per carry. And look, you're going to need all the help you can get trying to slow down Derrick Henry in the backfield. So having said all this, getting Cam Hayward back, a very welcome sight for the Steelers. And again, he hasn't played since week one. Now the Steelers defense limited Travis Etienne to 3.3 yards a carry, but again, the Steelers' run defense ranks in the bottom 10 in the league. And again, I think that has more so to do with, hey, your defense is getting stuck on the field time and time and time again because the offense isn't helping you out in playing complimentary football. Speaking of the offense, Kenny Pickett will also play in Thursday night's game. He had a rib injury against the Jaguars, left the game. Trubisky came in, and he's saying, you know what, I'm going to play. We'll see how he can endure the pain because it's going to be clear he's probably not going to be 100%. And Kenny Pickett hasn't been great. I was very critical of the offense and specifically Matt Canada after the Jaguars' loss. But Kenny Pickett, to me, he's got to make his reads faster. You go back and watch the tape. He's got to connect with Deontay Johnson on the opening drive of the game on a game, a throw that would have gone for maybe 40 yards. Johnson has to reel that in. Down in the red zone. 
where it's a critical down and distance and you have to settle for a field goal to where he doesn't make his read fast enough, throws behind Deontay Johnson. Johnson tries to slip and fall to make what would have been a touchdown catch in his first touchdown since the 2021 season, and it didn't happen. So we'll see how Kenny Pickett plays if the Steelers rely more on the running game to take that onus and burden off Kenny Pickett because you don't want to see him get hurt. You don't want to see him get injured by taking unnecessary shots with a rib injury to where, to me, it's clear he's not going to be 100%. But Kenny Pickett out there compared to what we know from Mitch Trubisky as a starting quarterback in this league, Mitch Trubisky has gotten his opportunities in Chicago. I know he didn't really play at, in Buffalo, but learning under Josh Allen, but then starting three games for the Steelers last year, or really four games, and then Pickett replaced him in week four against the Jets. We've seen what we've needed to see from Kenny Pickett, or excuse me, from Mitch Trubisky. Uh, if Kenny Pickett is healthy and willing to go, uh, he's got to be out there because you have to see what you have in, in Kenny Pickett on a rookie contract. And right now, through 20 games uh, with Kenny Pickett, it hasn't looked great. A lot of that I think you can attribute to lack of help at uh, the skill position players. You can point to play calling, coaching he's receiving with Matt Canada. But here are some facts right now, right? Kenny Pickett, compared to last year, has a lower QBR and a lower completion percentage. So the QBR goes from 536 in 2022 to 35.5 this season the completion percentage goes from 63 percent to 61 percent this season you got to you got to be better and you got to be better in the red zone particularly when points are a premium and again i was very critical of the offense after the jaguars game yet another game where the steelers don't get 400 yards of total offense and that is now historic and here's what i mean by that that is the second longest streak in NFL history uh, dating back for the last 30 seasons, tying the 49ers from 06 to 2010. The longest active streak without 400 yards of total offense. Give that to the Raiders from 2005 to 2010. They had 75 consecutive games without 400 yards. So if the Steelers offense struggles again, which it could tonight, you're on a short or you're on a shortened week this week. You almost have a mini bye week because you're playing on Thursday night. If you're going to make a move and say, Hey, Matt Canada, we're going to strip you of play calling duties or which I would be shocked if this happened, but this has to come from the top down has to come from the Rooney's Omar Khan. I really don't think this is Mike Tomlin's decision to make mid season say, Hey, Matt Canada, we're going to let you go. And we're going to bring someone else in, whether it's on the staff uh, mid season, you'd probably have to promote internally but have someone else call the plays because this offense is broken, extremely frustrating to watch against the Jaguars. But also, too, and you can attribute it to coaching, this offense, the body language of the players looks defeated, but it also is incumbent upon the players to play well as well, given their opportunities. And say what you want about Matt Canada, and it hasn't been great given the sample size that we have dating back to the 2021 season since he took over as O.C., but you go back and pop on the tape from the Jaguars game and the Steelers didn't take advantage of the opportunities that they did have as well. So that's not to absolve Matt Canada. It's not to absolve the offensive players. Every single player on the offense has to play better. And I said this too, you're playing with fire with how the Steelers are playing this season. If you actually want to go achieve success. So you're actually lucky that you have a shortened week, maybe you simplify things and you try to get 
the offense going. But Kenny Pickett's going to play tonight. I want to see him better. Uh, uh, I mean, this offense, too. Seven games this season. They have seven total offensive points in the first quarter. Start fast. We hear that a lot. In all seven games this season, the Steelers have had fewer yards from scrimmage, plays run, and first down than their opponent in every single game. Steelers haven't scored 30 points in their last 14 games. That's almost a full calendar year. They haven't scored 30-plus in a win since 2020. A lot of these stats I found online, and I want to give credit where credit is due to Steelers Depot for finding a lot of this. But again, time of possession for me is huge. We talk to Ike on this show a lot. We talk to a lot of former players, people who know what they're talking about when it comes to the league. Time of possession is huge, particularly when points are a premium. Talk to any defensive player. Hey, how do you like it when a guy like Derrick Henry, who you're going against, can help control the clock, control the line of scrimmage, can control time of possession to where you can get a breather if you're a defensive player over on the sideline, and then you can go out and do your thing. If you're going to play a ball control offense, if you're going to play to where points are a premium, you've got to be able to control the line of scrimmage in the running game, and the Steelers' offense has not been able to sustain drives this season, period. Period. So to me, yeah, no one's happy with Matt Canada right now. And you hear fire Canada all over America at Steelers games. You hear it chanted, you know, as far west as Utah, I've seen it. But the point being is everyone on the offense, like no one is absolved. And this was the year to me where the sum has to equal its parts. And you want to start to see some progress. I thought we saw some of it at the end of that Rams game in the fourth quarter. Things started to click. How can you get that going early to where you're not playing from behind consistently? It's what I want to see from Kenny Pickett in this offense tonight. How about a touchdown in the first quarter? Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask if you're a Steelers fan in tonight's game? Minka Fitzpatrick on the defensive side of the ball will be out with a hamstring injury. So that means, that means DeMonte Kazee will be in there. We're also going to see Miles Killebrew get into the mix too, given his ability to make tackles in the open field. Keon O'Neill will also get into the mix. So he's going to be out and we got to see the secondary step up with Minka not back there. I know the turnovers haven't been there for Minka this season, but he's your team's leading tackler. So it's not like he's doing nothing. And I don't think that's a surprise either, considering Cam's been out for as long as he has. With a hamstring, it's easier said than done. You just need to sit and wait and let it heal. And I'd rather have Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end of this season, fully healthy, not even worrying about his hamstring, than to say, hey, let's rush back, and he tweaks it again. So that's where you're at without Minka. Uh, it's tough. I mean, he's one of their best defensive players. He's. I think opposing teams have to know where 39 is on the field at all times. You got a game plan for him, giving his ball-hawking ability. And again, it's a facet of his game we haven't seen this season, but it's not like he's not making plays. He's had a lot of tackles for the Steelers this season, and that's not to make excuses because he's best as a center fielder. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think anyone's doubting that, but you hope he can get back on the field uh, in a quick and speedy manner. Other things I'm looking at tonight. So, you know, you've got to try to win the running game. And slowing down Derrick Henry, uh, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren will have to pick up uh, a lot of the burden there to try to get this offense going. And particularly, I think the burden falls on them because I don't want to expose Kenny Pickett more than you need to. Again, I go back to the Steelers have only one time of possession once this year. 
when you hold the ball for less than 27 points per game, it just puts an incredible burden on your defense. And so it's going to be Will Levis again tonight for the Titans. He's going to make his second career start. Ryan Tannehill's out, and Levis looked really good in his first start, throwing for four touchdowns. And a guy by the name of DeAndre Hopkins caught three of those. We saw what he can do when you get him the football. He's one of the best receivers in all of football, and I would expect the Steelers to keep a safety over the top to try to neutralize Hopkins and then put seven, eight guys in the box to try to slow down Derrick Henry in the running game. Henry has now run for more than 100 yards in three of his last four games, so he's starting to heat up. This is the time of year where it gets colder and colder, and it becomes tougher and tougher to tackle Derrick Henry. You're facing a rookie quarterback in Levis, and can you disrupt his timing? That's really going to be the big thing for me is the timing disruption, and when things break down, the pass rush is going to be huge. We know what TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith can do, but I got to give credit where credit is due. Nick Herbig over the last two weeks uh, hasn't had a ton of opportunity, only 21 snaps, but with the, uh, the limited opportunity he's had, he's played well. Five tackles, two tackles for loss, two quarterback pressures, a sack and a forced fumble, again, in only 21 snaps. So if TJ needs a blow, if Alex Highsmith needs a breather, you've got Herbig on the sidelines. Marcus Golden has played well at times this season, too. You have depth there. So especially on a shortened week where you don't get quite the same recovery of a full week's time to recover, you know, make sure that you're swapping in players. And I'd say the same thing with Cam Hayward tonight, too, to where I don't want Cam Hayward playing, you know, say more than 90% of the team's defensive snaps, particularly if they're not winning time of possession. So that's going to be huge for me. So offensively, you know what you have to do there. And speaking of Cam Hayward, the defensive player on the Titans that the Steelers are going to have to slow down, Jeffrey Simmons. We know at Pittsburgh what Cam Hayward can do on the uh, defensive line for the Steelers. Simmons is that guy for Tennessee. Not talked about. He doesn't get the praise of, say, Aaron Donald or Micah Parsons. But he has been a constant at controlling and dominating the line of scrimmage for this Titans defense now for years. So what Cam Hayward is to the Steelers, Simmons is to Tennessee. He's the guy where you have to know where he's at, try to run at him, try to run away from him. But he's a disruptor all along the defensive line, a two-time pro bowler. He had two sacks last week, two of Tennessee's six sacks. So uh, Harold Landry had two sacks last week, too. The Titans had six sacks a week ago against Atlanta. Got to know where Simmons is at on the field. All right. I'm also going to talk about these NFL fines levied against Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren's listed at five foot eight, 175 pounds. And what he's been fined to really amounts to about two game checks for him because he's on a rookie contract. He was an undrafted player. So it's not like he's making the same amount of money as, say, a first or a second round pick. The NFL has got to adjust this. They have to adjust this and levy fines relative to what a player makes on a contract. Because here's the question I have. Jalen Warren's getting fined on plays where he's not even penalized for on the field. For a guy of his size, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do to try to slow down an opposing offensive player who's trying to rip the head off of Kenny Pickett? And Kenny Pickett gets crushed. Yet a week ago, against the Jaguars, Keanu Neal gets called for roughing the passer against Trevor Lawrence and where the consistency is. I could go on and on about the NFL officiating. I don't think that it cost the Steelers the game. 
but it was egregious last week. And the NFL fining Jalen Warren more than 50 grand, which you say, well, these Mark, these guys are millionaires. Jalen Warren's, he might be now with what he's accumulated in his career. But again, he's an undrafted rookie. What Jalen Warren is really working towards is when he's due up for free agency, what he could make either from the Steelers to stay in Pittsburgh or on an open market because he was an undrafted player. So when you're saying, hey, you're finding him 50 grand and the Steelers have played seven games this year, he's playing two games for free. Like if he got fined two grand, okay, 50 grand for a guy making less than a million dollars a year. He even said this is, and this is a quote, 50 grand is crazy. That's a whole car. That's money I could be giving my family, end quote. And particularly at the running back position where tomorrow isn't guaranteed, the NFL stands not for long. Your average NFL career is what, between three and four years? And I hope Jalen Warren plays for the next decade. I love Jalen Warren. But to find him the mount that you are right now, what would you have him do for the plays that he's getting fined? And I know he's going to appeal this process to try to lower the amount, but it's ridiculous. And I hope the Steelers players are savvy enough to say, hey, let's put our money in the middle and we all could pay this collectively because if you're Kenny Pickett, really Jalen Warren has had one play and it was in the Monday night game against the Browns where he missed blitz uh, protection pickup. But he's been very stout. Uh, and that was the knock on him coming in was pass protection. How does he hold up in pass protection? Because he's an undersized player. That's a want to up front. And he's demonstrated the ability to do that. And the question I have for the league is, how do you, how would you have him try to slow down an opposing defender? That's going to outweigh him by, let's be honest, if it's a linebacker, at least 50 pounds. And if it's a defensive lineman, maybe even closer to 100 pounds. What, what are you going to have him do? And it's, oh, well, you can't cut. You can't go for the guy's knees. The guy's five foot eight. Do you want to, do you want Jalen Warren to get steamrolled? Do you want Jalen Warren to be the one that's injured? This to me makes no sense. And I hope the Steelers appeal. I hope they win the appeal. I'd have to go back and look at specific plays. But if he's not even being penalized for the play on the field, how can you then retrospectively and say, whoa, whoa, the referees missed it. Maybe there's one or two plays, but to find a guy $50,000 relative to what he's making, and I know it's less than a million dollars from the Steelers right now, per season ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous i mean tj watt even said this too this is a direct quote i think it's extremely egregious the amount of money that a guy like that that's being fined it's ridiculous end quote the fine structure needs to change in the nfl relative to a player's salary and look find them more money if it's a, an egregious or a dirty play but with Jalen Warren of the clips I've seen on social media, and that's not always the full story, but from the clips and the footage in the tape that I've watched, to find him that amount is ridiculous because he's missing two game checks out of a seven-game season. I hope his Steelers teammates, I hope the organization can make this right with him because to find him that amount by the league, considering the egregiousness of the officiating that we've seen this year, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and I have to call it how I see it.
and I have to call it how I see it. Okay, let me get to some comments, and then I will get to my score prediction. Chilla says, good morning from Southern California. We are going to show out today. Defense is going to give Kenny opportunities to cook. He will capitalize on. Yeah, this was something Mike Tomlin talked about where the Steelers had three takeaways against the Jaguars and saying, oh, it didn't tee up the offense. I don't know if I'm taking this out of context. I would go back and need to actually watch the full clip with Mike Tomlin. You win the turnover battle more often than not, you're going to win the game. And when they only get three points off the uh, the takeaways that they had against Jacksonville, something that absolutely needs to uh, improve. Tony checking it, saying, Mark, I keep saying the O-line is the real base of our problems. KP has gotten better. Sure, we need to clean up things. The O-line is atrocious. Yeah. I mean, this is why you go out and draft Broderick Jones and you bring in Isaac Sayamalu and Daniels was supposed to be your big addiction, uh, addition, Mason Cole, and then Chooks. Here, here's what I'm doing if I'm the Steelers. We're taking the training wheels off. Broderick Jones, you're starting at left tackle. Dan Moore Jr., because you make substantially less money than Chooks Okoro for, we're going to put you at right tackle. If that goes well, you're going to be the right tackle starter for this season and next because both Dan Moore Jr. and Chooks are under contract for this season and next season. Chooks, hey, you're a cap casualty. You're making close than $10 million. And point blank period, Steelers can't run the ball to the right side. I don't know if it's because it's predictable for the formations that they're running. Every time the Steelers run to the right side, it seems like it gets stuffed for no gain. So that's what we're doing. We're starting Broderick Jones. Say, Malu, you're starting at left guard. Dan Moore Jr. moving you over to the right tackle position. Boom, let's do that. And if you need time to get this adjusted, after this week is when I'm making adjustments to find the Steelers, whether it's Matt Canada or other big-time adjustments, because after tonight's game, it's almost like a mini bye week. So that's what I'm doing. Start to play the rookies to see what you have in players because honestly, the way that this season's going, and maybe the Steelers could turn it around, but let's be honest here. Let's be as brutally honest as we can be. If the offense continues to play how it is right now, you're not going to contend even if you make the playoffs. You're not going to win a game even if you sneak into the playoffs. So what are the things that you can do for the development of your team, not just this season, but this season and beyond. And to me, that's saying, hey, Broderick Jones, you're our guy. You're going to be Kenny Pickett's blindside protection, hopefully for the next decade plus. That's what I'm saying. Tony, thank you for checking in. And yeah, the offensive line, people want to point to Canada. People want to point to Kenny Pickett's lack of development. The offensive line needs to play better as well. They deserve as much, if not even more of the blame. And I, you know, Canada deserves... I I could point to so many statistics to say this offense isn't working under his leadership. And Mike Tomlin's got to step in too. He's part of this too. But the offensive line, it has to be better. You know, you make all of these adjustments this offseason. Allen Robinson, Darnell Washington. Why not use him in the passing game? The play action. I mean, stuff we talk about every single week on this show where it's like, Change the opponents, change the the date and the time of the game, and we're talking about the same things. Where's the improvement? Where's the improvement? Thomas, where's Ike? Um, Ike, scheduling issues this week, so uh, I want to make sure you guys had a pregame show. Ike and I will be back tomorrow to recap Titans-Steelers in tonight's game. Um, Someone's saying putting Dan Moore right tackle is a terrible idea. No, it's not, because he makes substantially – 
substantial. Go look at the contracts. Go look at the contracts. Dan Moore Jr. makes a fraction of what Chooks of Korofor makes. So that's why I would try to make that deal. It's a cost-cutting measure to free up some more salary cap space in the offseason. If you want to say, hey, we're going to cut Chooks or maybe even trade Chooks. But for me, go look at the contracts. It's it's in If it's marginal, right? Like if Chooks is substantially better than Dan Moore Jr. at right tackle, fine, play Chooks. But if it's marginal, go look at the contracts. And it's not popular to say, but that's the reason why I say that in terms of saying, hey, Dan Moore Jr., go from the left side to the right side. Because Broderick Jones is going to play left tackle when it's his time. I thought when he stepped in for Dan Moore Jr., when he was hurt, that it might be his job moving forward. Because I thought Broderick Jones played very well in his very first start. Uh, I believe that was against the Rams. And then Dan Moore Jr. was back last week against the Jags. But that's that's how I'm thinking about all of this. The offensive line has to be better for, for Kenny Pickett. Um, Tony saying, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for checking in. If there are any more questions, please let me know. Let me get to my score prediction really quickly. Um, Thursday night football. I actually think the Steelers regroup this week. So spread is set. The Steelers are two and a half point favorites at home. I'm going to take the Steelers to win 20 to 17. Uh, that's how I just see tonight's game playing out. As soon as we get so frustrated and the sky's falling, the Steelers figure out ways to regroup. I thought we saw that in the Rams game. Steelers find a way to win. I think they'll find a way to win tonight. Somehow, some way, I think that they will. And then it's just like, you know, we're going to be sitting and enjoying our Sunday and not having to watch what's been a pretty bad offense this season on Sunday. We won't have to have that stress Sunday. We get it all done tonight. That's how I see the game playing out. I've got the Steelers winning at home. 20 to 17, covering that two and a half point spread. Points are going to be a premium, though. Points are going to be a premium. The over under set at 37. So 20 to 17. There you go. I've got it right on the money right there. So we'll see. Um, one other thing I wanted to get to the Steelers do not make a trade at the deadline. Uh, they stayed put. I saw some reports that they were talking to the Chicago bears about Jalen Johnson, the cornerback who's been one of the bright spots in Chicago this season. But I think after last year, when the Steelers traded chase Claypool to the bears in exchange for the second round pick that became Joey Porter jr. The bears were like, we don't want anything to do with Pittsburgh. And then, you know what, considering how that trade played out with what we've seen from Joey Porter early on, and then Chase Claypool's not even in a Bears uniform anymore. He's over in Miami. Uh, I, I just don't think that the Bears front office wanted anything to do with the Steelers front office, given how that trade played out. So the Steelers don't make any moves at the deadline. It's kind of uneventful trade deadline. And I know the NFL has bumped it back from week six to week eight. I'd like to see them bump back maybe another two weeks, maybe another four weeks where there's some injuries and maybe a team is a move or two away from really contending. So we'll see, but the Steelers, um, the Steelers aren't there. Tony checking in saying, what do you think about Josh McDaniels as an OC? Uh, if it's not a uh, Byron left, which I think is what you need, what you mean, go out and explore, uncover every stone the big thing for me is if the Steelers decide to move on from Matt Canada in the offseason once his contract is up and barring a major turnaround, that's what I'd expect the Steelers to do. Don't hire internally. We saw what 
the internal hire of Matt Canada did. Remember, he was the quarterback's coach under Randy Feekner. Byron Leftwich is out there. Josh McDaniels, say what you want about him as a head coach. Some coaches are better suited to be coordinators or position coaches than head coaches. I think Josh McDaniels could potentially fit that mold or that realm. I would start with Byron Leftwich, considering he's played in Pittsburgh. He knows what it means to be a Steeler. He's familiar with Mike Tomlin and his staff. That's where I would start. But Josh McDaniels, yeah, go get a brilliant offensive mind to try to pair with Kenny Pickett. And that's what I'm concerned about with Kenny Pickett's Pickett's development because his QBR and his completion percentage is down compared to a year ago when he was a rookie. It's not to say that it can't improve, but Kenny Pickett's got to develop to see if he's the guy. Kenny Pickett hasn't been perfect. I don't know what the Steelers would have done had they not decided to draft him with the 20th overall selection a year ago, like to where you could point to say that would be a tangible upgrade compared to Kenny Pickett. Or even if it was an upgrade, it would say, okay, is it marginal? But Kenny Pickett compared to say Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow, look at the teams in your division. Now I will say this, Kenny Pickett, particularly on a rookie deal compared to what's going on in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. I said this before the start of the season. I didn't think Kenny Pickett was going to be the worst quarterback in the AFC North. I wasn't sure which one it would be. But considering Watson's not even playing for the Browns and he's only played in what, like 10 or 11 games out of possible more than 20. uh, I said I didn't think he'd be the worst quarterback in the AFC North come season's end. And it's looking like that's going to be Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. So you have to see what you have in Kenny Pickett on his rookie deal in year two. You got to start to see some development. It's not going to happen overnight, but you want to start to see some progression in year two, next year in year three, year four, and then to say, are you going to pick up his fifth year option or not? Really even beyond this season, that's what I'm looking at because it's like, can Kenny Pickett be the quarterback that leads you to a Super Bowl, that gets you to number seven? That's what you have to be working towards if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's how I see that. Thank you to everyone who's taken the time to watch. I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Steelers and Titans on Thursday Night Football. Enjoy the game. Ike and I will be back recapping everything that you need to know from the Thursday Night Action. And again, I want to thank betonline.ag, today's presenting sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show. If you liked Watching this, please tap subscribe on YouTube, Apple, and Stitcher, five stars and five stars only. Thank you again for watching. My name is Mark Berg, and this has been another edition of Believe in Steelers. Enjoy NFL Week 9 and Thursday Night Football, Steelers-Titans tonight. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.